0: To begin. Are you watching closely? To begin. Clytus, I'm bored How to start. What plaything can you offer me today? In Life Itself, a memoir, Roger Ebert begins. I was born inside the movie of my life. I was born a poor black child. The visuals were before me. I was born in it. The audio surrounded me. Molded by it. The plot unfolded inevitably, but not necessarily. I don't remember how I got into the movie but it continues to entertain me. We all are born with a certain package. We are who we are. Where we were born, who we were born as, how we were raised. We're kind of stuck inside that person. And the purpose of civilization and growth is to be able to reach out and empathize a little bit with other people. And for me, the movies are like a machine that generates empathy. It lets you understand a little bit more about different hopes, aspirations, dreams, and fears. It helps us to identify with the people who are sharing this journey with us. Welcome to the first syllable. I promised I'd talk about plot. Some of the plot I still don't know, but I think I figured out the... It's weird. This isn't a plot-driven story. But it needs a plot in order to hang all the out-of-order bits on. You need that backbone. And I think, here's how the note was in my notes file, which I'll update you on the notes file in a second. Is the quote-unquote plot just that he has manipulated his friends into joining him, and maybe at least one of them holds that against him. One thinks they would have survived otherwise. It leaves room for a backbone to hang the story on. Well, everything else is chores. Basically, the way you'd take that is, The plot is about the interaction of the four friends and the fifth person and how them coming into or out of the loops affects them. Because the setup is, if someone is with him at midnight, they're in the loop the next day also. But if they don't continue to be with him at midnight, it wears off and they forget. So they get to do some crazy things, but then they might forget it and he might want them to, depending on what they do. Problem is, he's stuck remembering all of it. And the four friends' names are getting a little more filled out. I'll explain that in a second as I tell you what I did, because what I did, this was yesterday, as I'm recording this. I took my notes, which currently this file is 11,000. This is actually after some things were taken out, probably. 11,876 words. That's not counting the current notes file I have on my phone, which has probably got a few hundred words. I sorted my notes. If you know Word, I put a new comment under the review tab next to each bit from, say, the episode of Lost flashes before your eyes. Each bit I grab from there gets a comment that says Lost flashes before your eyes, so that when I move it and sort things around, I have an annotated version off to the side that tells me where each reference comes from. That took a while. It was a lot of copying and pasting, but still it took a while. And then I started sorting them. That took another long while. I have basic plot thread, my ideas, not as many references in this top section, because it's more just explaining stuff that happens, and it's in a vague order. So we have the beginning scene at the cafe, which is the all-night cafe, reference to Nightmare Cafe, a show whose first episode, at least, involves time loops. Opening scene with a little bit of the dialogue from that. Details coming after that. The next section starts on page five, which is explaining a loop or déjà vu, and that involves a lot of direct quotations from shows, things where people are telling people, "Oh, you know, we're in a time loop. Shut up. Seriously, that's relief. Like a Groundhog Day, a Russian Doll, or Happy Death Day, or Happy Death Day to you, or Source Code, or that X Files, the Star Trek Edge of Tomorrow. But really, all you need is Kill. And it's like, why change the title like that, right? Wow, you really love time loop stories, don't you? That was an exchange from The Magicians episode. Oops, I did it again. And that will get mixed together with some other version of that same sort of exchange from other things. So I put them all in one place in my notes so I can mix and match while still retaining the comments off to the side that says where each piece of the mix and match comes from. The next section is Gade or Loop Marker Bits, which is sort of the same stuff, but it's more how the movie is showing us the time loop. Or like the God Day is that—that's what I call the day in the diner in Groundhog Day where Phil tells Rita about all the people that are there. And so it's how does he prove to his friends that he's in a time loop? Then this list was a little small so far, but I have the Good Deed section because I haven't figured out all of those. A lot of the TV episode ones, which is the time loops I've been watching a lot lately, are more plot driven, and so they don't have a Good Deed section. They don't have this random section where people do other stuff. So I don't have a lot in there yet. I have the poker game section because I know there's going to be a poker game as part of this story, maybe a sort of central part, because I don't think Connor wants to steal money, even though the thing with Connor is he spends a little time early in the loop doing crazy stuff, but he never goes that crazy because he doesn't trust that the loop won't just end until the loop starts starting late enough that he's awake when it starts. So he doesn't realize the loop is shrinking until the loop catches up to the time he's waking up, and that's a good while. I think I've decided he wakes up some like nine something in the morning. And so he's missing every minute up till nine something in the morning is a day that has looped and he's experienced it, but he experienced it as just the day's repeating ends at midnight. And so he's weirdly less careful when he thinks it might end and more careful. It's It's a weird sort of balance because once it starts shrinking, he's convinced when it ends, everything ends. And then he starts deciding what he wants to do with it. And he doesn't want to do chaotic stuff, unlike one of his friends. I'll get to that. I have a section of French, because we have French references in La Jetée, in Time Loop, in Cloak & Dagger episode Lotus Eaters, and in Dark Matters episode All the Time in the World. Not to mention Groundhog Day. But that's not in here yet. Then I have sections for characters. First, our lead. And I have his full name. His name is Connor, John. So already reversed, we have a reference to Terminator, but also Connor, his last name Phillips, reversed reference to Groundhog Day. His family, I know, calls him CJ, but he doesn't particularly like that. In drama class, he used to go in the credits as Connor J. Phillips, and Connor J. Phillips is a reference to Michael J. Fox for Back to the Future, but also Philip J. Fry for Futurama, because Futurama's got a couple time loop episodes, and the whole show is a big old time loop. So, you know, get one. bunch of references right in the name. Next character only got a last name yesterday, because I watched the Charmed episode Deja Vu all over again, the season one season finale, and that is Merope, a.k.a. Roe. I don't know if she's got a middle name yet, but her last name is Hallowell, for the Hallowell sisters from Charmed. They didn't have the last name for her yet. I know some things about her. I know she is a sort of a hippie, and she's a food scientist is her job. She has a hummingbird tattoo. She is currently involved with a fellow classmate who is organizing the reunion. Sarah Sharp. Sarah Sharp gets her name from, I believe, two different characters from Legends of Tomorrow. And I know that once she's in the loop, she's probably the last one brought into the loop cuz she doesn't really believe Connor most of the time because she and Connor weren't as close as Dez David previously called Grey. I now know that his name is David Donald Gray. David and his nickname Dez come from Lost for Desmond. I didn't want to name him Desmond. It seems a little drawing attention to itself. Unlike Maropi, I want to draw attention to itself because she's sort of this object of desire in the story a little bit. And I know David is the bad one. He gets in the loop early on, and it goes crazy because he's going through some stuff. He, unbeknownst to Connor... The excuse he's given is that his wife stayed behind in New York because she's busy with work, but really they are having some problems and she wasn't going to come with him on this trip. And so when he's given the chance to do something with no consequences, he gets a little out of hand. And I put in my notes somewhere, I don't see it. He's like Connor's id. And I think Connor leaving him out of the loop for a little while coincides with the time where Connor gets himself under control. He's not as, not doing as crazy of things, but he's still going to start to really think what he's doing with his time because of Des. Des and Connor were kind of besties in high school, and they have a very interesting way of getting along with each other. They're very both antagonistic, but like fun about it. Unlike the next friend, Teresa T. Still don't have a last name for her. I'm going to pick something once I find it, an obvious one from a time loop that people would be really familiar with, I think. Could have been Summers, I guess, for Buffy. Or Mulder. I don't know. But she goes by T. She is the one who believes Connor every time. And will immediately get involved with whatever hijinks he's got going on. And I got some notes about her. I have some specific notes about how they interact with each other. I believe it's from Magicians, where the code for Don't Ask Questions, Just Do What I Say is credenza. So I think they're going to use that. And a reference to a movie called Bangkok Rush. They're friends, but you know, love you. And then the other one says, same, same specific reference to that movie. I got reference to Farscape in these notes, reference to Star Trek, because they're kind of nerds. T and Connor are the two that are closest to me as characters. And so I have a separate section after T where she has shirts that have things on them. Specifically, their band shirts. And usually they're made up band shirts, but the na- band's names are referenced to other things. Ultra Indigo for Eureka. Aluminum Rain for Fringe, Atropado and El Ascensor for El Ascensor, Firewalk for, specifically that's Life is Strange 2, but technically Life is Strange, the original, is the time loop game, and then I wanted to have a Dark Quiet Death shirt, even though that's not a band, that is specifically a video game from the TV show Mythic Quest, but it fits with the tone of uh, this movie. And then I had a quote in there. We're comparing death metal to coffin rock. That's kind of dumb, but if I can fit it in, I'm going to because then I reference Blair Witch again as well because I will have a couple references to Blair Witch. That's the four friends. Then we have this sort of love interest who is also the one who dies in the opening scene, and that is Cassandra Cole. Her name is straight out of Twelve Monkeys, a mix of Cassandra Rayleigh and James Cole. There was a brief moment this week where I had weird ideas for how she's all already in the loop, and I was trying to figure out a way that this works, but I realized it doesn't need to, and so there's a whole paragraph in my notes that got struck out, and that's fine. Then we have our other sort of antagonist for part of the script. That's Nathan. No last name yet. I know that he is a classmate who was Rose's boyfriend back in high school, possibly college. I'm considering switching him back to college. And maybe making a shorter reunion. Depends on how the character's ages feel to me once I start writing, I think. Or that'll come into play and then I'll know how to make them feel. Chicken and the egg kind of deal. But Nathan is engaged to Allison, which is a reference to Eureka. And then he is... It might go pretty badly when they realize Nathan's in town and he was a bit abusive as Rose's boyfriend. And that might be one of the subplotses. They might do mean things to him and then realize that maybe they shouldn't. Or maybe this should, you know, one of their moral calls. Then we have our homeless person, currently listed as old Jetson O'Reilly, which no one who's seen Groundhog Day would know. Those are sort of the names of the old man. And then I have notes on him from a homeless guy from Twelve Monkeys, stuff from Fringe, stuff from The Wave, from The Fair, and from Supernatural. Then I have other characters, and this is mostly just character names. But I have notes on some of them because they could be the people in the, like a God Day scene where he knows that Judge Myers at night, he puts on a furry bunny outfit. That's from Supernatural Mystery Spot. Or there's a couple people that might be the suicide, like going to be stopped by him. Maybe. We'll see how the writing of that is. A uh, waitress, a taxi driver. I know the cafe owner's name. I know the janitor at the high school because they spent a lot of time at the high school because it's open-ish for them setting up for tomorrow's reunion. And as reference to Time Freak and Time Loop and Time Freak, because that was a short end of the feature, he's going to use the whiteboard in there to kind of map things out for his friends and explain stuff. I have a list of the time references, which I may regret putting them in their own list because now i got to remember where they connect to other things, but specific times of day that things might happen. For example, it rains at, let's see, 2124, that is 924. Then I have the cause. And obviously, he doesn't believe any of these are the causes, but at some point or another, he's going to blame each of these things. And it's a lot of them, because we got causes from supernatural, premature, time slime, Bangkok rush, magicians, eureka, back to the future, cause and effect, the wave, white tulip. Angel, Legends of Tomorrow, 12 Monkeys, the TV show, Stargate, El Ascensor, Enterprise, Blood Ties, Star Trek Voyager, The Fair, Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Farscape, Dark Matter, Andromeda, Twin Peaks, Westworld, Futurama, One Minute Time Machine, Lost, Debris, SCP Find Us Alive, Ruben's Original Script for Groundhog Day, The OA, Oh no, this, I'm getting into the craziness montage, which has references to Karate Kid 2, the OA. I'm going to throw in some stuff that isn't time, which is because it's funny. About Time, Happy Death Day to You, Groundhog Day, Time Freak, Time Loop, Stargate, Before I Fall, Blade Runner, White Tulip, White Bear, American Dad, Memento, etc. Then I have a graffiti montage, which might just get pulled into the craziness montage depending on how many ideas end up there right now. So i only got two. Tattoo montage, that's only got three, so that might end up in the larger montage as well. Sex montage, song montage, which I think the sort of beats of the day, especially the last day, is the cafe is at nine, because that's when Cassandra gets hit by the car. I know by about 11.30, probably, or maybe closer to midnight, because of the looping, it will be more time than it feels like. Connor and his friends will be maybe back at that same cafe or maybe at a different place, but somewhere in between there, they go to the karaoke place. Or maybe that's where he goes to avoid the cafe, is that he's always at karaoke at nine when he gets tired of watching Cassandra die. And so I have different song references. Songs that deal with time, obviously, because it'll be funny. Time after time. Maybe this time. Time is on my side. I got you, babe, for Groundhog Day, obviously. Heat in The Moment, which is in the Supernatural episode. Will You Still Love Me Tomorrow from the Haven episode. And then I have notes on the bank robbery, which I think will happen earlier in the evening. And that has references to Lois and Clark, The X-Files, Ruben's original script, Andromeda. And then we are at page 17. We have the random unsorted stuff because I didn't sort everything yet. And that is nothing but references, lines of dialogue mostly. And I got to figure out where they fit in. I kind of know where some fit in. That's why I grabbed them. But I didn't have an outline for the plot yet to put them on. So that goes to page 25. So a third of the notes are still unsorted, but I think I know what my plot is, which is good. I know sort of how different characters are going to interact with that plot, the loop, with each other, how they might resent each other for being in there. I just gotta sort out some other references still to come, and then start outlining the actual order of presentation, because... When does a montage come up? I know one particular crazy thing he does comes up because something bad happens. He's sad. He says, cut to commercial. And we cut to him imitating the great people on commercial. You know, rich car and everything. Acting like a silly fool. Because why not? Anyway. Cut. The, uh, it's a past stuff that dreams are made of. You're still here? It's over, Johnny. It's over? It's over! Nothing is over! Go home. Nothing! You just don't turn it off! Go.